Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Seawall to strike away. Here he comes. Cave, a fly ball to right field over his Carroll. He's got it, and the Arizona Diamondbacks are headed to the World Series. The Diamondbacks have won the National League pennant, and the Fall Classic will return to the desert for the first time in 22 years. Leclerc ready now, one-two pitch, ground ball, second base, Simeon's got it. On to first to Nate Lowe, and hello World Series. The Rangers have won their third American League pennant. They stream out of the dugout and are jumping up and down between the mound and first base. For the first time since 2011, the Rangers are going to the World Series after having six consecutive losing seasons. Second and goal. Dobbs to the air, to the end zone. Caught Zach Ertz. Touchdown. His first touchdown since November 6th of last year. Top shelf. Has his man touchdown, Sun Devils. Look at the protection. Borgay knows he's got one-on-one with the receiver. Puts it in a spot where he can only catch it. On second and seven, Fafita looking middle, and it's caught. Touchdown. And that is Cowing. Jacob Cowing is a star. Second and goal. Murray stays in. Deep drop. Surveys. Fires open. Davis touchdown. Boy, you get Davis going with Diggs. Now you're really cooking. Mayfield dancing all around. Throw as far as he can throw it. Jump ball coming. Crazy stuff. Not this time. Incomplete. Somehow, I don't know if anybody touched that football. I don't think so either. Lawrence fires. That's caught on the run. Christian Kirk inside the 20. He goes, and Christian Kirk takes the ball all the way to about the one-yard line. They're going to spot it as he thinks he scored the touchdown, and they're going to call it a touchdown now. From the 18-yard line, Smith with time, throws to the end zone. Bobo, the antenna receiver. Boy, was that close to being a touchdown. He did not get the right foot down, but Pete Carroll will challenge. Pete Carroll wins the challenge. It's a touchdown for Jake Bobo. Try to pay it off. Leonard has a man wide open. It's a touchdown to Jordan Moore. First and goal at the two. I'm Morgan here. I want to run the ball, and if I don't score, at least force Washington State to use the timeouts. A keeper for Nix, and he gallops across the goal line. Bo Nix gives the Ducks the lead. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060.
Welcome to the Friday, October 27th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD 2 100.7, the World Series, who you got? Cardinals, Sun Devils, and Wildcats, who you got this weekend in Glendale, Tempe, and Tucson? And by the way, all three of those home teams are underdogs. Uh, the Bills, what's wrong, or are they just not that good? NFL and college football, who you got? ATS, any game this weekend. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, World Series preview with Jeff Wilson of Rangers Today. 9.30, interactive action at 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup. That'll include a little more on the Diamondbacks and Rangers World Series. Final segment of the uh, Sports Zone will be the National Roundup, topped by Rip from the Headlines and uh, from the Wire. Then after the Sports Zone from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That will include the Friday, Friday spread, of course, from Von Hansen's uh, Meats and Spirits and also our weekly Prop Bet segment with Brian Blewis from Pro Football Network. But before all of that, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, who wins the World Series? The Diamondbacks or the Rangers? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. We're in a 50-50 split right now between the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. Okay. Uh, Both these teams lost 100-plus games just two seasons ago. That should give hope for the way too many bad teams that we had to watch during the regular season in 2023. There's hope for those teams. I've uh, got to spend some money and draft wisely. Uh, that would be helpful, but just there's some hope. Hopefully they can figure it out, those teams, because I watched a lot of bad baseball from the end of March to the start of October. Uh, today's Twitter poll question, who you got Sunday ATS and Glendale Cardinals plus nine and a half or the Ravens minus nine and a half and Kayla, what's up here? Cardinals plus nine and a half sitting at 58.3% of the vote. Ravens minus nine and a half at 41.7%. Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. The Cardinals, at least for now, are avoiding being a double-digit underdog for the third time this season. There's some 10 and a half, 10, 10, I think this is going to hit 10, 10 and a half by game time, actually. It's just a personal uh, guess based on you know, some of the juice and uh, so forth and some of the uh, big money casinos around the world, but we'll see. But right now, they're not quite the 10, so they've avoided that double-digit underdog thing for a third time this season. Also on the local front, the Sun Devils are home underdogs. ASU, even after last Saturday's year upset at unbeaten Washington, are still five-and-a-half-point underdogs on Saturday night against Washington State, which has lost three consecutive games straight up. ASU still the underdog. Does ASU record its first FBS victory this season on Saturday night versus Washington State? Meanwhile, make it three for three. The Wildcats are also home underdogs. The Wildcats coming off a bye are three-point underdogs against Oregon State, which has just one loss and uh, also coming off a bye. Does the U of A record its uh, fifth win of the season uh, this uh, Saturday night against Oregon State? 
Meanwhile, Spain, the Globe, uh, the uh, the Bills nearly lost another game. The offense basically left lots of points on the field. The defense had many dumb penalties. And the game ended when Baker Mayfield's final Hail Mary was incomplete and fell into the end zone harmlessly. Well, depending on who you are harmlessly. What's wrong with the Bills? Or are they just not that good? Meanwhile, NFL, uh, the upcoming weekend, uh, this week, uh, the, no teams are on by. This after six teams were on by last week. That means 14 games on Sunday. Only two of those games against teams that are both above 500. And I'm not getting too excited about Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. Uh, definitely, I get too excited with Cleveland at uh, Seattle. Cleveland without uh, Deshaun Watson and Seattle apparently without several offensive linemen who have been healthy and are now injured. So those are the two games that match teams with winning records. Meanwhile, college football week number nine. That backs also lacks uh, the marquee attraction. Only top uh, two top twenty-five matchups this week. Oregon and Utah and Duke, maybe with or without Riley Leonard, depending on who you believe. Uh, that game at Louisville, uh, those are the two top 25 matchups. So pick any game this weekend, ATS, college or pro on the schedule. This weekend is the key. Any game, and any game this weekend is fine. If you want to go ahead, there you go. I'm not uh, somebody that looks ahead too much. In fact, I have no idea. Uh, for the most part, who plays next week in college football other than Alabama and LSU? I do know that one. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We'll get those, uh, all these tremendous topics and much more during today's spectacular radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the, uh, the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602 260 1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update that will be followed by a World Series preview. The highly anticipated throughout the season World Series preview of Rangers and Diamondbacks. We'll talk with Jeff Wilson of Rangers today. Get the Rangers side of things. How did they get here? Uh, we'll, we'll find out uh, many things from Jeff in the next segment. Then again, once again, the bottom of the hour to be phone call time, 602-260-1060. General discussion at that point. Also, a little more on the local run up front. We'll at least have a little Diamondbacks and uh, Rangers, a little more on that. And then uh, time pending in that segment, a little bit on the Suns and the Lakers from last night. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Morning Drive just got a little better. The Dan Patrick Show is live weekday morning starting at 6 exclusively on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. 
You're home to the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Well, who would have guessed this? The Rangers and the Diamondbacks in the World Series. Who would have guessed this even, say, at the end of the regular season? Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in a sports zone by Jeff Wilson of Rangers today. And, Jeff, always good talking to you. I don't think we expected to be talking about this today, but the Rangers and the Diamondbacks, uh, they uh, both faded at the end of the regular season. How did the Rangers quickly regroup after the Seattle disaster weekend and sweep those first two games in Tampa like in two days? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's pretty interesting that these two teams are together because, you know, the Astros are playing the Diamondbacks that last weekend, and then if – if the Diamondbacks had won one of those games and the Rangers would have won the West and it would have been an entirely different uh, scenario. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the lowest of the lows, the Rangers have had a lot of highs and lots of lows this year, but the lowest of the lows was that, that last day of the regular season when they, they lost one nothing at Seattle, ended up having to play in the wild card round, had to fly six hours to, to Tampa and, and, and get ready for, for games in two days. And uh, I really think that kind of, <laughs> Believe it or not, that flight kind of woke was a wake-up call, you know, and 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 kind of they had a lot of time to think about what they what they screwed up and and, and missed out on by by not winning the division, and they didn't have a choice; they couldn't sulk. They had to get ready to go and play, and they did. And you know, winning that first game four nothing, uh, great pitching performance from from Jordan Montgomery did just enough on offense, and that that seemed to. I mean, that sparked them. They, they went. They won their first eight postseason games. So that's how they kind of turned it around. It was unexpected, sure. I think a lot of people counted them out, but um, you know, Diamondbacks, I'm sure, were counted out too. And 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 yet here we are. That's true. We are. Both these organizations, you know, lost a hundred plus games just a couple of years ago. Let's uh, talk about the Rangers. I think the rebuild quickly started with the middle infield uh, combo signings of Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Uh, I think that got everybody's attention, certainly got mine. I remember that. What did you mm -hmm. think when they signed that duo seemingly like within hours of each other that first off season? You know, it, it, it was quite a, it was quite a Sunday. I, re I remember that. And, um, you know, with the deadline, the, the lockout was looming and, and you know the Rangers obviously wanted to get their business done, and uh, they they did. And but still, even then, you knew that this team wasn't wasn't built to wasn't wasn't a finished product. And you know they went out and they only won 68 games last season. And and you know Corey Seager even admits it. You know he's like the signings were great, but they didn't sign any pitching. You know it was a it was a process, and and they were going to get position players. Uh, before 22, and then they were going to get pitching this year, and, and they did with Degrom, who was injured, but Nathan Navaldi, who's a workhorse in the postseason. But you know, they they knew they knew that they weren't there yet uh, last season, uh, even after signing Seager and, and Simeon for what 500 million dollars. And you know, flash to this season, you get a little more experience from from some of the young guys who who scuffled along there in 21 and 22. You know, Adoles Garcia became a a, a better hitter. Um, the the pitching did did make a big difference, and and you know this team is they they believed they believed in spring training that they were going to at least contend, and uh, you know some people might have rolled their eyes at it, but then they came out hot, played really really well, and then figured it out down the down the stretch to at least get a postseason berth. 
You know, since the uh, Seeger and Simeon signings, you know, Chris Young became the general manager. Now, some of the key places were already there, but you know, what has he uh, basically brought, and uh, what, what's impressed you most about uh, his addition, Chris Young's? Yeah, you know, I, I think it, it's 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 pretty unique these days that that a former player is a general manager, and and it's not like he's sixty years old. I mean, he's he's he he's shoot he, he didn't retire until two thousand seventeen, so he's he's been in the game recently. He understands the game. He understands the trend, uh, but he still understands that that. Um, he, he's not full on analytics. You know, he, he, he understands that there's a human element to the game there that, that analytics are just predictions and, and, and that you can, you can never really predict what's going to happen in baseball. Uh, the fact that he pitched, I think is attractive to, to free agent pitchers. He can speak their language and, and, and tell them why they're going to be successful at, at global life field or, or, and, and what the Rangers have that will make them successful as far as R and D and things like that. So, I think that's that's something that's kind of overlooked. You know, these days you don't, you just don't see a ton of former players who are in positions like like he is. And maybe it's because they made a ton of money and, and don't want to do it. I mean, Chris Young made a lot of money, but um, you know, it, that I think that's kind of a secret a secret weapon. He can speak their language, uh, and 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 they they respect they respect him more than they do uh, some Ivy League guy with a degree in you know, economics. Talking World Series, previewing the World Series, Jeff Wilson of Rangers today. Bruce Bochy hired last offseason. I actually remember seeing Bochy here during spring training after uh, he left the Giants. And I remember thinking at the time, he's not done. <laughs> so how did he land in Texas? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's another Chris Young uh, success there. Uh, Chris <laughs> spent one year in San Diego with Bochy as manager. And uh, really, ever once they once they got rid of uh, and they got rid. That sounds terrible. Once they dismissed uh, Chris Young, uh, Chris Woodward, who really was dealt a poor hand there. Uh, anyway, Bochy seemed to be the guy, you know, and 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 he had to be he had to be talked off the couch, you know. But Bruce Bochy didn't want to just go manage somebody. He wanted to manage a winner. And you say, well, geez, the Rangers were were sixty eight and ninety four in twenty twenty two. Uh, but Chris Young laid out the, the plan. He showed him the farm system. Uh, they knew the the, co- the core position players were going to be in place. They, you know, Chris Young told Bruce Bochy, "We're going to go get starting pitching, and this thing's going to come together." And and it did. It, it might have come together a lot faster than they thought. Um, I don't think they expected to be in the World Series this year. I'm sure they thought that, you know, best case scenario, they'd be a playoff team. Um, but uh, you know, Bruce Bochy was not going to come back and manage the Oakland A's, for instance. You know, he was, he wanted a situation where he could win. And, and, um, you know, you just see him day to day. He's the same guy. Uh, he's, you know, he likes to joke around a little bit. He, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't waste a lot of time talking. Um, he gets to the point, but he brings respect, you know, his, his, pedigree his track record the, the players see it understand it and and abide by what he says and um it's the the rangers aren't here without him i think that's i think that's uh you know you can talk about all the, the offseason acquisitions they made last year that that one that one's at the top of the list 
Nathan Valdi, you mentioned him. He did not look good for much of September after he came back from the injury. How how did that change, or was it you know, it's just kind of like it's October, so Valdi's going to get everybody out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know they it, it was they they had a choice. You know they they could have they could have sent him out on a couple rehab starts, um, but they didn't. They wanted the, him to build up in the major leagues, and they treated it like like you would a spring training. Like his start, his first start was two innings or thirty five pitches. And, and, and it just built by an, an inning and 15 pitches each time. And you're right, it wasn't good. The command wasn't wasn't very good. Um, but but he said probably that his last two starts of the regular season was where it started to come together. And and he, you know, he he had a start at Seattle, and he was like dominant for three innings, and then it just fell apart on him. But that was that that start uh, really had a lot of the the things that you're seeing now and. Uh, I think there is an element, you know. I, I believe that that guys do have a big game gene, and that they are are able to dial it up a notch. And um, he's done that. I mean, he's four and zero. It's it's so much confidence when he's on the mound with the team. And um, man, it's it, it'll be it'll be a, it'll be interesting to see what he does tonight. He's on he's on normal rest. Uh, he's and he, you know he's got a tough tough guy he's starting against. So um, that might make him even more uh, dialed in. I'm not sure, but. It's been fun to watch, for sure. Jordan Montgomery, uh, you know, I, I was really wrong about this guy, but I don't feel too badly because apparently the Yankees and Cardinals didn't think he was their long-term <laughs> solutions either. Uh, but he's been unbelievable. You mentioned that game in Tampa. Why has he been this effective? And, and I guess I, he, I assume maybe, maybe not. He's priced his way out of Texas after this year. Yeah, uh, that's that's – probably going to be the big storyline for for the rangers this offseason for sure i mean i you know he it's not like he's making a ton of money this year he's only making 10 million i mean I, you know, all eyes have been on him and he's definitely uh raised his price as you said but i wouldn't be surprised if the rangers took a stab at him you know, I, um it, it, maybe maybe you know maybe he takes a a little a little bit less to stay with mike maddox and and I think that's probably the the been the main ingredient for him. You know, they were together at, at in St. Louis for those last few starts in 22, and, and Montgomery pitched well, and then he came over and and right away, you know, Maddox, you know, didn't change the way he pitches, but he he asked him some questions like, why aren't you throwing this pitch anymore, and and just little things like that, and and he started going Montgomery started going back to his full arsenal. But man, his his curveball is is a really unique pitch. It, it just chewed up Jordan Alvarez in that Astro series. Uh, but he throws a heck of a changeup too, and you know he's always he's always around the plate. You don't see him missing wildly. So um, this is a this is a good guy, a good guy to have. Um, big likes likes to pitch deeper into games, even though the Yankees never really let him. Um, it, it's been a, a a key addition, you know. When they got Max Scherzer. I think some people thought they were done, but they couldn't have been done. They needed to go get somebody else. And, and all along, Mike Maddox wanted Jordan Montgomery. Speaking of Mike Maddox, just for fun, uh, when you talk to him, does he like put his hand on your shoulder and then talk to you? <laughs> I don't. I don't recall that ever happening. But he, you know, he's a he's a big fist bump guy, so I get a lot of fist bumps from Mike. But uh, he he's something else, you know. I mean, if you look at his his track record as a pitching coach he's only missed the playoffs like three times and and it's it's pretty remarkable and 
he breaks down a lineup so well, and then and then you know just notices little nuanced things like like pitch selection, and then and is able to to help pitchers out, and and um, you know when he when he takes a visit, I mean it is it is interesting, you know you can he never jogs to the mound, and and he. he tries to reassure him. I don't think he does it to, to, to Max Scherzer. I don't think Max Scherzer wants anybody touching him during, during the start, but um, it, it's, it, you know, Bochi, Bochi and Maddox, huge additions. All right. The bullpen, uh, you know, they've figured it out. Is that the most surprising thing that they kind of figured this out when they needed it the most? Yeah. You know, they, they, they've, they've struck on a couple, couple guys who, who, they were counting on early in the year, and, and they didn't perform very well. They were injured or, or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was that was holding them back. But uh, Josh Spores is an a underrated guy who's who's really become, uh, I would say, more more reliable than Aroldis Chapman for sure. Uh, and then Jose Leclerc, who's been with the organization forever. Honestly, I think since 2010 is when they first signed him out of the Dominican. Uh, he was kind of injured at the start of the year, had a, had a neck deal that kept him out of the World Baseball Classic, and uh, now he's now he's back where he he was when he was at his best, you know, in, in 2020 and 2019 and 2021 uh, before he blew out. So um, it's the timing couldn't be better. You're you're absolutely right on that, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if John Gray, the the starter who uh, was injured late in the year, if he if he plays a role in this series because. He made one appearance in, in the ALCS and came out and was throwing 98. You know, I think he hit 99 maybe, and it's just, you know, he's a hard-throwing guy anyway, but if he can just focus on his fastball and his slider, he could be a real real useful weapon over, over one inning or, or even over two innings. So I would, I would, I would kind of circle that one and, and, and uh, keep an eye on John Gray. Talking Rangers with Jeff Wilson, you know, the offense is, you know, collectively during the season, uh, you know, amongst the best and, you know, for the most part during the season, the best in baseball. I'm not going to get really deep into that. Certainly they've had their peaks and valleys too, but I do think I follow baseball closely. I didn't know who Evan Carter was before like the last (laughs) few weeks. How's he gone from like nobody knows who he is to starting outfielder in a World Series team? Well, you know, if you go back to when he was drafted, it was the COVID draft, and he was taken 50th overall, and, like, the Rangers made the pick during a commercial break, and the, the TVs <laughs> came back, and they had no idea who Evan Carter was. No idea, because he, he didn't do the, the, you know, perfect ball in the summer circuits and showcase events, and they just didn't know who he was. And um, the Rangers – Swear that if it hadn't been for COVID, they wouldn't they wouldn't have gotten him because he would have you know scouts would have seen him and he would have been a first round pick. Um, so he's you know he's this young guy you know young guy he just turned 21 in August and uh, he he's he's been there he was their top prospect after Josh Young ran out of eligibility. Some people even had him above Josh Young. He's fast. He he just does not chase out of the strike zone. It's it's remarkable for yeah, exactly. a kid his age and, and lack of experience to just he just doesn't budge on these pitches and, and draws walks and and if he does get a called strike against him, you're really questioning the umpire. I mean, he, he's that that good. And uh, but he can play defense too. You know, he's not really a left fielder. He's a center fielder, but you wouldn't really know it. He's played so well out there. But 
um, this is this guy's going to be a cornerstone for for several several seasons. You know, he's he's uh, and he's got a chance to get bigger too. He's so wiry and and uh, he still has some pu- some punch. So uh, there's a lot of reason to be excited about Evan Carter and what what he's doing though is just I think it's even surprising the Rangers. You know, I I just they knew he was good, but this good in this situation, he's he's just been unflappable and um, pretty remarkable, really. Okay, next to last here, what what are some other World Series storylines that you're you're really you know cl- closely paying attention to here? <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think I, I I'm curious to see if uh, the Rangers are going to be able to control the Diamondbacks' running game. You know, it's it's. Uh, Jonah High is a, a, a really good catcher. He's he's got the the Golden Glove finalist. He had a huge throwout in, in Game One of the uh, Division Series against against the Orioles. Um, but you know, uh, stolen bases bases are stolen on in most cases the the, the pitcher and their leg kick and you know are, is a slide step going to affect Nathan Evaldi's effectiveness? You know, so, something like that. I think that's pretty interesting to to see. And then. Um, yeah, the you know the Rangers, it's it it it's still the the bullpen is and and I know what we've seen this postseason, but the bullpen is just such a throughout the year. If you watch the Rangers, like I have, it's 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 been hit or miss. I mean, they they had more more blown saves than successful saves. I mean, it, it it's ridiculous how bad the, the bullpen was. I mean, there's no other word to say. It, it was bad, mm-hmm. and 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 you just feel like you're living on borrowed time, maybe if you're a pessimistic Rangers fan. So I just, I just think that uh, th- those are two of the storylines that I'm kind of following. And, and then Corey Seager, he, he's so darn good, you know, and, and he has some, ex- the world series experience. He's, he's faced the diamondbacks, you know, for, for a lot of his career. I know the team has, has changed significantly, but uh, I still think that Corey Seager has a chance to, to be a real good, real good, uh, real, real good player in this series. I've been saying this for like five years, maybe longer. If any, if a pitcher throws him a first pitch fastball, they should be removed from the game. I mean, what are they, what are, what, what are they thinking? So, yeah, you know, and, right. and it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. He will not miss a fastball. It's amazing. Yeah, it definitely is. All right, last up, uh, they've gone from underdogs uh, in all these uh, playoff series in the American League now to a, I think, a substantial favorite in the World Series as far as the betting odds. What do you, do you now expect them to win the World Series? I, I don't know. You know, it, it, it's just kind of going back to the bullpen thing. This team's been up so up and down the last couple months, but they're they're in a good place for sure. Uh, but I tell you what, they respect the heck out of the Diamondbacks. I think that they would have rather faced the Phillies, to be honest. I think that they, the Ooh. Phillies are easier to pitch to. I think that that um, the, the Phillies have have the power. You know, they have like it was. They have they're like if you're a foot if they're a football team, they have the the big play guys who can who can burn you uh, for a 80 yard touchdown. But I think that that the Diamondbacks have a lot of different ways to beat a team, and I, I think that I think that that's something that the Rangers have have considered is that you know the Philly the 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 Diamondbacks aren't going to outslug anybody it's going to be you know putting the ball in play and and running the bases and manufacturing runs and and you know in the, in this day and age you don't see that very much so i think that uh it, i i do think the Rangers are a favorite just you know on paper you look at what they've got uh rotation wise with with Evaldi and 
and Montgomery and what they've done this postseason, and then you know the offense, which is so deep and Bieger, Simeon, Adolis Garcia, Mitch Garver, Josh Young, just you know Evan Carter, all these guys that can that can go out and beat you. So I would say that they have the edge, but I don't know. I, I really don't. I really don't know how to have a feel for this one. Thanks, Jeff. Always a pleasure talking to you. Have fun. Okay, Bob. Thank you very much. Jeff Wilson of Rangers Today. Always good talking to Jeff. I remember uh, some spring trainings. We used to do the uh, spring training Cactus League previews, and we were not necessarily talking about the uh, Rangers in World Series type of terms. Uh, And with good reason back in those days, but things have changed. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, and also today's local roundup, including more on the Diamondbacks Rangers World Series. And uh, we'll get to uh, whatever else, maybe some Suns in the next segment, too, as they, uh, unfortunately for them, had to play the fourth quarter last night in Los Angeles. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and Castlux HD2 100.7. Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. This is just uh, something I like to call breakfast. With big-name guests, timely sports information, and more on KTUS AM 1060. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and Castle HD2 100.7 in addition to local roundup, which I'll get to kind of a short version here in a moment. It is phone call time, technically, but if you want to get in this segment, you got to hustle up. And if you do get in, you got to get to the point because i got to get in this segment pretty quickly. We'll have more phone call time during the extra point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. All right, Diamondbacks, significant underdogs, not surprisingly, in the World Series, which begins tonight in Texas. These teams played four games during the regular season. Arizona won three of those four games. Obviously, uh, I think we're all aware of the pitching matchup at this point, Zach Gallen and Nathan Evaldi. Gallen had a couple of good starts in the postseason. Uh, not so good uh, against the uh, the Phillies for the most part, but uh, and Evaldi has been amazing. He's uh, you know, he continued his postseason history uh, from his Boston days in Texas. He's 4-0, the 242 run average in this particular postseason. Uh, meanwhile, the Rangers have been really good at home, 51-34 and 34 in their home field uh, this season. That includes the postseason. Corey Seager, not surprisingly, has been hot. 12 playoff games, 333 average, five doubles, three homers, six runs batted in, 12 walks. I'm guessing most of those hits were on fastballs because people keep throwing them fastballs, as we talked about in the last segment with Jeff. In the decisive Game 7 victory over the Astros, he was he being Seager, 3-for-5 with a double home run and had an RBI, obviously, on the home run. Uh, he's hit safely in seven of his last ten games uh, with three homers over that stretch. Uh, meanwhile, Corbin Carroll, uh, his three-hit Game 7. Uh, game 7, he had the three hits and then the sacrifice fly all against lefties. That has really bolstered his postseason numbers in 12 postseason games. He's now hitting 295. 455 slugging percentage with a double, two home runs, and six runs batted in. Uh, during the regular season, of course, he had 25 home runs, 76 runs batted in, 116 runs scored, 
which is the most underrated stat in the world. It's scoring runs in baseball, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I watch I watch a few games here and there. Uh, scoring runs is really important. It seems to be the most underutilized or discussed stat in the world as far as baseball goes. Scoring runs is a big deal. He scored 116 of them. Meanwhile, Max Scherzer has a cut in the thumb of his pitching hand. Uh, they had a, he threw a side session on Wednesday, third Wednesday, Wednesday, and he actually had a Band-Aid on that thumb, so we'll see if that makes any difference once the series starts. All right, Diamondbacks onto the from the Diamondbacks onto the Suns, game two of this season, and uh, they were without two of their three stars, Devin Booker with the foot uh, in the Bradley Beal back thing. No, neither of them played last night in Los Angeles. Uh, Kevin Durant was spectacular for three quarters before he ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. It was just too much Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Anthony Davis for pretty much the whole game, 30 points and 13 rebounds. LeBron James had 10 of his 21 points and played the entire fourth quarter. So much for the minutes restriction thing, huh? <laughs> uh, well, that lasted two games. Uh, the Lakers you know, outs- uh, you dominated the fourth quarter. They outscored the Suns 28-11. to in the last 12 minutes, 11 points in 12 minutes to end the game. You're not going to win many of those games. Uh, Durant did finish with 39 points and 11 rebounds uh, for the Suns. The Suns now 1-1 one one, play their home opener on Saturday night against the 0-1 Utah Jazz. Meanwhile, also in today's local roundup, the 1-6 Cardinals, 9.5-point underdogs against the 5-2 Ravens on Sunday in Glendale. Uh, Baltimore's leading tackler, Roquan Smith, Missed some practice time this week, but he said yesterday he will play uh, despite dealing with a shoulder injury that forced him to, as I mentioned, miss some practice time. He is their leading tackler. Uh, I'm guessing if there were like all pro teams based on September and October to this point, he would be on all these all pro teams as he should be. Meanwhile, the Sun Devils, one and six, five and a half point home underdogs against four and three Washington State on Saturday. And the four and three Wildcats are three point underdogs against uh, at uh, home against uh, Oregon State. Oregon State six and one at this point this season. All right, that's it for a, a quick and brief uh, local roundup for uh, this segment. We'll get to the national roundup in the segment next segment, I should say. That'll be after Corey's update. Uh, so. 602-260-1060. Sorry to get to you in this segment, but we will get to you if you like in the uh, next couple hours during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. And uh, we'll go through tons of college and NFL games for this upcoming weekend. And we'll definitely have more on the Diamondbacks starting the World Series tonight in Texas against the Texas Rangers. What we all predicted, let alone in like, say, spring training or in June, or let's say at the end of September, I'm guessing hardly anybody. If you know, there's probably somebody out there that like made some kind of crazy prop bet, oh, I'm going to bet the Diamondbacks and the Rangers in the World Series. Well, other than that dude or dudette, nobody was expecting this particular thing here. You're listening to the Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's National Roundup. 
Welcome back. Final segment today. Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7. And I'm going to whip through as much stuff as I can here in the National Roundup. Let's start with the latest line for World Series Game 1. Uh, we mentioned in the last segment, Gallon against Evaldi. And the uh, Rangers and Evaldi, a 150 or so favorite. Let's go with that consensus-wise, even though I do see some uh, higher numbers. There, dude, once again... These numbers in the uh, postseason, you know, shop around depending on which side you're interested in or you know, whether it's a prop bet or actually sides of games or the series price. You can get a price that is more favorable to what you prefer. Uh, so uh, that's kind of like uh, the playoffs when we get to the NFL or whatever. Same thing here in Major League Baseball. Same thing as far as the World Series goes. All right, football, quickly from last night. The Bills did, I think, everything wrong down the stretch, and they were, I think, fortunate to win the game. Uh, Josh Allen for the game did have two touchdown passes and ran for another touchdown. Obviously, he has some kind of shoulder problem going on there as uh, they beat the Buccaneers 24-18. Gabe Davis, a career-best, nine catches for 87 yards and a touchdown. Uh, We talked about Dalton Kincaid. Uh, the rookie from Utah having to step up with you know, the other injuries that they have now on the offensive side of the ball. He caught his first career touchdown. Uh, on the other side, Baker Mayfield uh, finally connected with Mike Evans uh, at the end of that game. Uh, and that was a deflected pass and a pretty fortunate touchdown on the self. And then they got a two-point conversion. Then they got the ball back. Uh, the bad news is it took him 17 plays and 7 minutes and 21 seconds to go 92 yards. The good news is they were benefit, they benefited from two stupid penalties uh, from, Buffalo, from Buffalo on fourth down that continued that drive, but they only had a few seconds to go. Still, uh, the last game of the last play of the game, Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, heaving it down the field into the end zone, and Godwin just didn't have time to turn around, and the ball just hit the ground, basically, and that could have been a Hail Mary touchdown, and the Bills would have lost another game. Instead, the Buccaneers have now lost three straight and four out of five after they started the season two and zero. All right, other quick things here. Tyreek Hill did return to practice on Thursday. He says he'll play against the Patriots on Sunday. Deshaun Watson says he doesn't uh, know when he'll be able to play again. Uh, you know, after uh, they continue to uh, you know, mismanage his uh, shoulder injury. I, I, he didn't say the mismanage part. I said that's me, and I'm guessing I could get a line of people that would agree that they have completely, the Browns, mismanaged his shoulder situation. Dalvin Cook wants out. The Jets, they don't really want him anyway. Uh, and it looks like he's kind of shot, which is what Minnesota seemed to think uh, when they let him go this offseason. Ryan Day, the Ohio State coach, said that Travion Henderson will return from injury and play on Saturday a full go, he said. Henderson has not played since the Ohio State victory over Notre Dame on September 23rd. Meanwhile, the uh, lots going on is regarding the NCAA and the University of Michigan. Uh, according to Yahoo Sports, Michigan's sign stealing goes back to last season. Uh, TCU actually thinks that there was stuff going on towards the end of the. Apparently, there was somebody from Michigan at TCU regular season games uh, before they played in the, as it turned out, in the college football playoff semifinal. Separate incident, the FBI has also joined the University of Michigan Police Department 
investigating former Wolverines assistant football coach Matt Weiss, who was fired in January following a report of unauthorized computer access crimes uh, at the, during, in the school's football building. So that's a complete different thing, but a lot going on. Michigan's bye week has been rather uh, interesting, to say the least. Meanwhile, Tennessee lost it, uh, one of its best players, uh, Tennessee uh, corner Kamal Haddon, uh, Haddon, H-A-D-D-E-N, uh, you know, they've been a very improved defensive team this year. He had shoulder surgery yesterday. Obviously, he's out for the rest of the year. From the NBA, the NBA is investigating whether Sixers, uh, investigating the Sixers and James Harden, and whether they're in violation of the league's new player participation policy. Uh, obviously, he's missed the first couple of games of the season. They're last night, and he's not going to play on Saturday night. And they're being investigated. They're going to find them, I guess. And also, uh, good news here for uh, Rick Carlisle, one of the best coaches in the NBA for many years. He's agreed to a multi-year contract extension with the Indiana Pacers to stay there. I know some people that follow the NBA much closer than I do during the offseason and a regular season, and I think that the Pacers could be a threat. Uh, not going to win the East, but they're going to be a team you don't particularly want to play in the playoffs in the East. So I assume they're right because they're smart basketball fans. All right, next two hours will be the Extra Point hosted by Kayla, the Friday spread. Stay tuned for that. Also, we'll have our prop bet segment with Brian Blewis from Pro Football Network. More phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.